Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of Show and Tell. This is a uh, special episode where I'm your guest today. Normally, it's Phil Lamore. Sometimes it's Noe and Pedro, but today I got to take the reins. So I'm excited to see your projects and talk to you about what you've been up to. Uh, if you're interested in coming on Show and Tell, head on over to the Adafruit Discord. It's at adafruit.it slash discord. You can go to the live broadcast chat channel and in there you'll see a link for our Steam Yard or Stream Yard. Uh, I've got Steam on the brain because of that Steam Deck. Stream Yard uh, where you can join in and we'll take a few minutes to take a look at everyone's projects, have a little chat. And we'll be done in time for Ask an Engineer, which is happening right after this, this week. So uh, thanks everyone. And first off, we're gonna bring on from DigiKey, our good friend, Kevin. Hey JP, how you doing? I'm well, thanks, how are you? I'm good. So what's new? a couple of really exciting things. Well, the first thing is we had our first successful tests of the our new warehouse. So people will begin getting their parts at a, even faster and with a lot more technology built into it. It's oh, it's an amazing great. facility. I'm still working on getting the approvals to do show and tell from deep inside one of these days. Can you just send a GoPro through the thing for us? Oh, I, I, I would love to. You know how many people <laughs> have said that? You just put a 360 <laughs> camera on the belt and oh, for sure. the 20 minute life of your order or something. You know, we're, we're trying to do things. It's, we can't wait it's amazing. Yeah. The other great thing that's rest. exciting, which um, I'm gonna have to chat with Noe and Pedro a little bit and learn a little more about 3D printing, but we are creating a Lulzbot that is going to be a DigiKey edition. So let's see if I can turn wow. a little brighter. So instead of all the lime green, it's going to be red. So we're we're pretty excited about that. We just got everything finalized this week, and we should be taking inventory very soon and selling these awesome Lulzbot 3D printers. Oh, that's really cool. So those are... Um going to be in that size there's they do they do multiple sizes they, they do multiple sizes but the the red digikey edition is going to be this uh the sidekick size 747 it's uh 300 by 300 it's pretty nice that's great oh that's a nice yep. size bed yeah wow yeah, we're, we're excited great. about it is that something that is uh going to be for sale online soon yeah. did you did you have It'll a digikey website very soon for yeah we're getting close, so I mean, I just thought I'd give kind of a sneak peek to the the viewers on Show and Tell that you know that's that, cool. that will be coming. And the only restriction is that it prints red filament exclusively. Is that <laughs> exclusively right? Exclusively right? red filament, which is exactly why I have white on it right now. Oh, <laughs> that's really cool. That's exciting. Congratulations on that. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. Lulzbot's a great it, company to work with, so we're we're looking forward to it. Is that one that integrates uh, Octoprint or yep. other? So this one it. I have <clears throat> with the Raspberry Pi shortage, you know, it's hard to get pies, mm -hmm. but I'm running Octoprint on the new Pi Zero W2. Oh, wow. So it's a really small form factor. And I was actually able to fit all of the hardware inside of the, see if I can point to it, inside of the controller box. So, it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's great. And then there's, I have a camera set up mm -hmm. and I, you know, I have a, a how-to guide on how to get all that set up on, on maker.io. But yeah, oh. we're. We're excited about it. We're trying to do more maker things, more 3D printing. That's know. really huge. That's so exciting to see DigiKey doing something like this that's that's so very targeted at that maker type of uh, of community with 3D printer. Yeah, and even you know, education, all the schools I, mm -hmm. I was talking to our local school and they're getting a bunch of printers. So it 
it, it's out there. So that's great. Congratulations. More advice from Noah and Pedro. I mean, they're the they're the geniuses yeah. behind it. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Thanks for that announcement. And uh, we'll check in soon to, to maybe see see that in action. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Take care. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, speaking of Noah and Pedro and 3D printing and Lulz bots, it's Noah and Pedro. Oh, what a coincidence. Two of our printers just died on us. Oh, just got finished coming out of the garage, <laughs> yeah. kicking it out in there. So, nice. yeah, there's two available spots in the little. No kidding. Oh, well, that's got to get filled. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll continue cleaning it off and getting my red filament ready. <laughs> And I don't know if you have noticed, like the 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 uh, screenshot for our show, that there's a lulz bot in there. Oh, so, yeah, well, we're already ready to go. <laughs> really good fit. I mean, it was made to be. <laughs> yeah. So um, this week, uh, switch cameras. Yep. I'll, I'll, I got gotcha. you. There we go. Yeah. So um, PT sound or found these really cool Nike shoes that came out that have like these um, heels on the sides that let you attach 3D printed like clips to them. So of course. His request was some circuit playgrounds attached to that with some like little rocket boosters. Um, the Nikes come with their own sort of like printed, not printed. These are like injection molded. It keeps mm -hmm. saying that, but um, it's like a TPU. And of course it like barely fits on there. There's no like mounts for anything. Mm -hmm. So of course we recreated it. So you can go ahead and get all of the uh, STL files. So if you want to edit it and attach any other sort of, uh, uh, you know, any of the uh, Adafruit electronics on there. So some you know air quality sensing or something or just do fun like you know all the kids have you know when they run around you know this the, every kid shoe has the uh, light up led so of course they don't have any for adults why would they so here's a way to make your own <laughs> yeah that's really so, cool uh, yeah all completely modular um they were using like these like uh what is it these uh these screws that like were rusted so i was like dude oh, no. come on what cheap out on that and not use like these cool PC thumb screws. You can go ahead and edit, you know, have those go on there like that. So everything attaches uh, with the screws and then you can, of course, uh, print your own um, mo uh, modified version of them because, you know, everybody has different shoe sizes. So you, you can have the file so you can edit it to your foot size. So, yeah. And then um, the uh, code for this, super simple in make code. So it's using like the G force when you step and it mm -hmm. does a little animation. And uh, I don't definitely can't hear the pew pew, kind of. Oh, I heard a few. Uh, yeah, and because it's yeah, you you know, doing all the make code stuff, it's so cool. You can go in there, added like uh, the iteration for this so fast. So of Dude, course, you have like right. a, uh, when you fall, you have like a little animation. And I don't think anybody will hear that, but <laughs> if you <just> happen <laughs> to fall while you're doing your cool skateboard trick, <laughs> you'll be alerted there. And yeah, just a simple, uh, super simple little project that you can do for uh, any of these 3D printable uh, heels for your Nike shoes. And uh, of course, uh, PT wants to highlight it. So give them encouragement, you know, for other companies to go ahead and start adding these because, um, you know, it's super cool platform to be able to attach whatever 3D printed uh, accessory you want. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I like the concept of a semi-standardized mounting system. Yeah. You see that like... All, all of the like airsoft people who put flashlights and junk on their yeah. on their guns, they all have like standardized rails. And yeah. uh, it would be nice to take that out of the gun world and into uh, into fashion sneakers. Yeah. And, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and I think I liked your idea. I think you had last week where you can like print like a heel part and have like so you can mess with people when you're tracks. walking, do like bear tracks or something. So there's lots That's of right. ideas you can do. Footprints and yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, check out the Fusion 360 file or the STLs. You can modify it and attach any craziness you want to your shoes. Really cool. Thanks for showing those. Very exciting. Love it. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. guys. Good luck Thanks. on getting your low spot. Yay. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Melissa. Oh, and Paul came in there by accident. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> Pull you back out. So uh, that was a false alarm. Melissa, hey, there we go. Hey. Now about Paul. Uh, so I wanted to show, I'm working on trying to get this Macintosh here all fixed up. It still needs a new battery inside because it's dead. But um, I got Mac 8.6 running on here. It came with like 7.6. Uh, this is one I got like a few years ago uh, as uh, actually a gift uh, along with some Commodore 64 monitors, and uh, I just had not even tried plugging it in until just recently, and so I've been actually having a lot of fun getting this up and running. Which model of Mac is that? Oh, this is the uh, Performa 6115 CD. You can okay. usually find them online for, I don't know, maybe 150 or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, but it came with the monitor and stuff. I had to get a new keyboard and mouse because I didn't have one of those, and... I actually uh, replaced the hard drive with a, uh, a SCSI 2SD uh, oh. device. So it's actually Neat. running off of an SD card. Mm -hmm. A little quieter, a little more reliable. Exactly. Definitely more quiet. <laughs> What's your go-to thing to run on an old Mac that you get? Do you have a game or a program? Oh, actually, the thing I was trying to get running on here uh, was HyperCard because mm. I wanted to play around with that. So I got that. That's why I actually had to go with the 8.6 because it was wanting to install something on the 7.6 that I didn't have. So mm -hmm. good. Uh, I, oh, I updated it and it runs. Fun. Now I want an old Mac. Look what you're <laughs> <doing to it. laughs> Thanks for bringing that on. No and problem. Show us your HyperCard stack when you get it finished. Okay. Bye -bye. I have to learn it first, though. Bye. Okay. There's your project. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Scott here. And uh, oh, yeah, the cameras are moving. I almost only brought on Scott's screen. <laughs> See, it's tricky when people drop the little buttons move. All right. What's what's new, Scott? Hey, um, yeah, I have been experimenting with uh, MDNS, which is multicast DNS, um, which Jeff had brought up uh, in February and did a PR and then we kind of didn't do it. But it's pretty neat because you can you can advertise a host name. So you can say like, I'm CircuitPython. And then in a browser, you can say CircuitPython.local and you'll go to that web page uh, mm -hmm. for that device that's on your local network. Um, so I got to thinking, it was talking with Lamore and I got to thinking we could use that for a web workflow. So you'd be able to do CircuitPython.local and then it would take you to like an editor where you could edit the code on any of your CircuitPython devices that are on your local network. Um, which I think would be super rad. So uh, I've been learning more about MDNS. And what I've got here is uh, MDNS is, is kind of created by Apple. And so they use it in a lot of places. And I'm adding a new MDNS uh, module to CircuitPython. And what I've got here is the output when I look for AirPlay devices on my local network using mm -hmm. MDNS. So you can not only can you do the hostname lookup, but you can also say like, hey, who provides this type of service? Um, and so you can see here that I have like my Apple TV and my MacBook Pro are both responding to, hey, do you do AirPlay, uh, for example? So this is how you can do discovery of other devices on your network. 
Um, so the idea being that you can use the hostname resolution to get to one CircuitPython device, and then that device can look at and find all of the other ones for you mm -hmm. um, and kind of let you know what they're, what they're named as well. So I'm working on adding MDM MDNS support to CircuitPython. Really cool. um, it's crashing a bit right now, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, and I'm about to have a baby, but uh, yeah, it should be a cool foundation for um, a web workflow for CircuitPython. When the, the baby the, or the MDNS? Oh, the, the MDNS. The baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great um, workflow foundation for yeah, sure. No. Uh, so yeah, it looks pretty neat. Um, it I've avoided doing a web workflow for a while, and I think this is kind of that thing that can make it really easy. Yeah. And Whippersnapper, the work that uh, Lauren, Brent, and Melissa have all done to make Whippersnapper really easy has been really impressive and kind of got me like seeing an easy way to do web workflow stuff. Absolutely. So this is a piece uh, of that. All right. Well, thanks for that. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, how soon uh, until we are going to have Scott out for a while. Is that is that uh, coming up pretty quickly here? The the baby do the baby is due a week from Friday. So. All right, best so, of luck. Yeah, in the next few weeks. All right, probably stop on the MDNS for a little while. Just prepare mentally and emotionally. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'll be taking parental leave once the baby arrives. Fantastic. Good. All right. Thanks so much, Scott. We'll see thanks, you soon. Man. All right. Next up, we've got Jepler hanging out here with some Good cool hardware. Welcome to my upstairs. So this is a PC floppy drive TIAC model, and I've just been writing a floppy to it using our experimental Adafruit floppy interface. So I'm going to pull that out. Oh, boy. And just next door. <sighs> oh, it's Look at this baby. Oops, it's gorgeous. And slot that in there and boot it up. We'll be surprised by what we see. I mean, not me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's excellent. Yeah, if you can't read that, that's uh, The Oregon Trail, a classic educational title of the 80s, downloaded from archive.org, written to a new floppy with uh, Adafruit floppy and a standard PC floppy drive, reading and booting on a genuine old Apple II computer. So I'm really excited to see kind of one more format uh, checked mm -hmm. off. That's perfect. Um, yeah, so that's what's up with floppy drives this week. Great work. Thank you for continuing to, to check off those boxes. It's, uh, it's really yep. impressive. All right. Well, I'm going to go dive dysentery. Go. Don't die. Make it make it west. Go west. All right. We'll see. Thanks. Bye-bye, JP. All right. Uh, let's bring Liz on here. Hey, Liz. I'm not hearing you oh, now, I bet. Yep. Uh, so just quickly, I want to show I keep on my desk um handheld version of Oregon. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, yes. Uh, I spent many an elementary school day playing that. <laughs> uh, so one little thing I've been working on on the side is kind of a CircuitPython-based sequencer. Um, I really wanted to use this rotary coder that's in the shop and use a matrix as like a GUI. Uh, so basically, I'll just throw some random notes on. It's just a C scale, so everything should be fairly in tune. And. Can you hear oh, the speaker? Yeah. yeah, really cool. So you can slow it down to eighth notes or quarter notes if you're feeling really slow. But 16th notes is really fun. And then you can speed up the BPM or slow it down. Or if you really want to tune in, you can use the scroll wheel 
and also add more notes. Um, so yeah, it was fun figuring out like how to get the notes to stay on the matrix and also keep it scrolling. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's just using um, the tone library to send out notes on the speaker. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you've gotten a lot of interface out of that click wheel. Like you're doing a lot of stuff there, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, so it's it's fun to play around with. Um, I'm hoping to maybe use this as um a Eurorack interface, uh, -huh. uh for sending out like one Vox sequences. Uh, so that's really cool. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, and and a great. Uh, I love the matrix display for that kind of interface. It's really perfect. Yeah, doesn't doesn't feel like you're looking at a display like exactly. Yeah, like '90s music gear kind of way. It's that's really elegant. I love it. Oh, that's really cool. Thanks. Uh, you have a guide in mind for that. Uh, perhaps I haven't chatted with Lamore about it, but um. All right. Well, I I put a vote for that because I'd love to see you. it. And uh, as I want to say, um, it's my first uh, week full time with Adafruit too. Yay! Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So exciting. We're really glad to have you, and looking forward to the kind of stuff you'll be doing with us. So. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks, Liz. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. See ya. All right. Uh, next up, Paul. I'm sorry I teased bringing you on before, but here we are now. Welcome. Good to see you. Nice Thanks see you. for having me. Yeah. How's things? What's new? Uh, the third episode of the podcast, The Circuit Python Show, came out yesterday with Professor John Gallagher of Boston College. Um, okay. We had a real fun conversation about how he's using Circuit Python in college classes um, with his students. I'm really looking forward to listening to that. That's great. And then uh, next week, uh, we'll have Todd Bot. Oh, good. My good friend Todd, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you be having him on. Uh, so, where can people hear the podcast? Where are you uh, it, broadcasting it, to? Just search for Circuit Python Show in your favorite podcast app. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify, um, Google, Apple Podcasts. You name it, we're on it. Yeah. How have you found? Is this the first podcast you've done? It is. How have you found the process so far? Any any tips for people? Any, any lessons learned so far? It's a little more work than you think. You spend a lot of time researching every episode and your guests and what they've done. Um, so the, the time commitment was probably just a little more than I thought. Um, that's probably the biggest one, but it's been fun. I mean, getting, getting a chance to talk to these people in the community and getting to know them and being able to share that is really the goal. And I think so far it's going well. Oh, that's great. Now, do you find that you're doing uh, decent amount of editing to get to a certain amount of time or a certain level of content. Like I've always wondered what kind of ratios people get with interviews versus what, what they uh, end up putting out. It's we're using 90 to 95% of everything we, we talk about. So you're hearing almost all of the conversation. Um, the only thing that might be professionally edited out is if we make a mistake mm -hmm. um, and, and stumble over words like I just yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but um, I actually pay someone to do it because I don't have those kind of skills. Right. Um, and it's it's the same guy who does the the editing for Talk Python to me, the popular Python podcast. So he's doing right. a, heck, a heck of a job. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Occasionally, I hear people do a retake and forget to edit it out. They'll say something. I take that again. They'll say something and then you hear <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Human thing to, to have heard left in. It always makes me laugh a little bit. Um, great. And so, do you have a? Uh, lineup planned out for a certain number of episodes already? Do you have uh, a certain cadence that you're looking to get into to bank episodes for the future? That's exactly what I'm working on right now. So I'm calling a season approximately six episodes. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably take a week or two off. And then I'll come back with another six. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually talked to 
so many folks that were i'm probably into season three um trying to book folks folks to come on yeah and what is your background coming into this uh you're interested in in broadcasting as well as uh, python you know we're in the middle of a pandemic and i needed a hobby (laughs) good for you no background in, in any of this i've never done anything like this before yeah Oh, that's terrific. Congratulations on the success so far. And uh, I look I look for I've, I've listened to the first episode. I'm looking forward to taking some dog walks and listening to the next two and and uh, and on into the future. So uh, thanks so much. And if people over in the discord have any suggestions of uh, people that they'd like to Please. Uh, to hear interview, can they ping you over over there on our Discord? anytime? I'm always looking for interesting people to talk to. Great. OK, well, thank you so much, Paul, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, now we've got Make It Hacking. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Can you hear me? Yeah, hear you. Great. Nice awesome. to see you. Uh, so it's it's cool that you're running the show because I am showing off an update to my phone ringer. Yes. Excellent. Um, so it's it's a pretty small update, but uh, so this was version one, um, and version one point two uh, has a featherwing breakout, so you can put a featherwing cool. on this thing. Um, and if you don't have a feather wing, you can put a lipo battery there. Um, a couple other things that I fixed were, uh, before I had like to do a bodge wire. So I got rid of that. And then not all feather wings, um, have pull-up or not all feathers have pull-up resistors, Uh uh, for buttons. So, or internal pull-up resistors. Um, so I built it in so they can be added externally like that. And then, um, so I'm just demoing the, Featherwing OLED here, and then these buttons are the same as these buttons. So mm-hmm. it's just a demo of using the Featherwing during it now. So um, still works through the IO thing. I haven't yeah. I haven't done any software updates, but oh, that's um, terrific. Yeah. I have. Uh, I am looking forward to putting my kit together. You were gracious enough to send me out a PCB, so I've got all the parts ready, and I'm going to build a foam yeah. ringer. Hopefully, I'll so, show it. I'll, I made. I have extra 1.2, so uh, wait until I send you one of these. Oh, um, well, thank so you. So it has the updates on it. Kindly. So, yeah. Yeah. Really cool project for people who don't know who are watching. This is uh, not trivial to ring telephones. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But, uh, it's lots a, of voltage uh, needed. Lots of voltage. Some particular timing. It's a. It's an AC thing, right? Or a sine mm-hmm. wave? Or yeah, AC. Bang! Essentially, two different magnetic coils back and forth. It's a. Uh, it's not like you're going to walk up with a nine volt battery and, and it comes up a lot for people who are doing theatrical stuff still, as well as of course, people who want to do escape rooms or just have a conversation piece. So uh, I am so excited to put, put this together. I'll, I'll wait for the, the revision on the PCB, but uh, really great work. And for people who are interested, you have a uh, Tindy store. Is that correct? Where, where they can pick these up? Um, so they're not on the Tindy store yet. I was okay. waiting until 1.2 came out. The, the 1.2 PCBs just arrived this afternoon. So um, it looks like everything works. So they might be up sometime soon. Okay. And can they check uh, Make It Hacken? Yeah, um, makeithacken.com has got all my links on it. Yeah, super. Um, and just for the people, I guess, who weren't here a couple or a few weeks ago, whenever yeah. it was. Um, so this is a telephone ringer. Uh, John said that, you know, it's not, it's uh, not trivial to ring it, but um, just the setup that I have here is uh, feather goes here. Um, there's kind of like a spot if you do a standoff to put a battery underneath and you have a few buttons to ring a few different styles or whatever you want. Um, there's some indicator LEDs. Now there's a feather wing breakout. Uh, you can do it from USB 
or um, you can put it on a battery. Um, I don't think the batteries last too long, depending on uh, the size. Um, that signal uh, is fed into this boost converter, boosts it from about, I think, you know, four to about 40 volts. And then it goes into the Adafruit 8871 uh, motor controller. And then the motor controller uh, is powered or signaled from the Arduino or Feather and uh, creates that sine wave and then goes into the RJ11 jack and into your phone. So that's how it works. Um, if you uh, go to, I'll put the link in the um, in the Discord, but uh, all of this is on uh, GitHub. So I'll link that in the chat. Excellent. Yeah, so you, you've got things like uh, US ring, British ring, people mm -hmm. with just different um, uh, patterns that are that are uh, available that people could pick. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, and it runs on uh, Adafruit IO, so you can ring it from from your phone. So cool. So, yeah. You know, that gives me a thought because I I have a little uh, alert that I've used during my live streams, and and there's a couple people who can use a glitch IO page to let me know if I've got my audio dropped because it's something I never. Oh yeah. Your mute for a while. Yeah. Uh, I should I should really switch that yeah. over. A, uh, a phone ringing because yeah there's, there's no ignoring that don't let him abuse it though <laughs> <laughs> no yeah you have to trust people with that yeah. one awesome well thank you so much for right, thank that you on. great progress yep bye-bye all right and uh last up we've got mark hello hey. so i said i'd bring it back the game turn timer project that i've been working on yes. is now in its uh final uh, case and everything's working so you can set how many players set colors for every single player and then start finding out who actually takes the longest when you're playing your games that's and so it'll great. just cycle through all this for as long as you take um on the back now it's all on one of the perma perma proto boards which made it really easy to hook up the whole mess of wires, which you can't really see clearly from all the segments on the front and the LED strips and the buttons. Um, yeah, so made it super easy to work. I really like uh, you did a thing there with the um, Molex connectors from your buttons, didn't you? So that you can yeah. plug, plug them directly into the board, huh? So the blue LED button on the front screws in and I didn't want to have to solder it through. And I had those uh, arcade connectors, yeah, which fit the button. And then uh, the other end was a connector that yeah. I just happened to have a spare connector sitting around. Great. That worked perfectly. Uh, it's one thing that actually, for a lot of people trying to build your first 3D projects that you print yourself, I found was having like a bunch of connectors around yeah is useful because you will mess it up mm -hmm. and i have and trying to desolder it is the worst thing in the world yeah yeah uh, if there's I, one thing i, I hate worse than soldering sometimes it feels like about 25 to 50 percent of a project is interconnection of of the wiring <laughs> like it's just to get it right so that you're not hating yourself later it, it you actually really have to do a lot of work to to make the interconnects happen yeah the wiring itself isn't hard it's getting it all hooked up but together and apart and together again yeah yeah no and the project i beta tested it with my friends playing a game this weekend and it's amazing how quickly everyone was as equally concerned about how long their turns were that's so than great 
yeah. And they gave me some suggestions. They're like, you should figure out the total score divided by the time to figure out who is most efficient. And Oh, uh, yeah. Now they're gamifying the game timer, of course. Yeah. So we made a game of the game timer on top of <laughs> it because we're a little bit too competitive at times. Yeah. Maybe a separate device to do all of that work that watches yeah. the game timer. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks. And right. is this um, a project that you're thinking of documenting or, or putting up files? Yeah, I haven't documented yet i've got the code up on github if anyone's interested i'll post right. the link it's all done using the new async io so mm -hmm. it's a good non-trivial example of that which i actually was able to learn a lot by doing mm -hmm. it that way so oh that's great i'll post that link good yeah for people who are watching uh head to our discord to see where that link gets posted that's uh, adafruit.it discord in the live broadcast chat channel all right thanks so much uh and we're gonna Say goodbye to you and say goodbye to me because it is time for Ask an Engineer. So thank you everybody who came and brought excellent projects. Thanks to everyone who hopped into the chat. Uh, it was a really fun night of uh, cool show and tell. And uh, like I said, stay tuned for Ask an Engineer happening in right now. Bye-bye.